seems a shame in a way that they've covered up Messi in, a, in his Argentina shirt. Just why? podcast welcome to episode 18 i'm gav also known as the kit geek i'm dennis from museum of jerseys and i'm les of hull city kits no guest this episode but we have canvassed listener views on our topic and those fine humans will get their say in a while the topic is essentially 2022-23 what about it has been good about it for kits and what not so good we're not reviewing the kits themselves. That would be a little odd since they were mostly released almost a year ago, but this is more of a toe in the bath water, though naturally some specific kit designs will be mentioned. It could be an overall trend, a mashup, or an incident from a specific game, or even something a specific player does. There's wide latitude there. Might be a quick discussion, who knows. Gav, you're a positive soul. Give us something you like this season. Okay, so for my like, I'm going to the EFL and the, and I'm sure you gents will probably give me a little bit of insight here because I don't know if it's an actual rule or a guideline, but the three kits or the three elements of the kit just having three parts and so no kind of bespoke shorts with home kits and that it's three kit elements, a home, away, a third, shirt, shorts, socks, and then those elements of the kit used to create variations and mashups and different looks to to compete with the clashes. I think for me, this is real positive because it gives us a huge range of alternatives when it comes to kit looks. And I look at teams like Luton, Stoke, and Stoke use this really well with their kit launch itself. They promoted their kit launch last summer around their kits would be mix and match. So at the traditional home look, they had a black third with red shorts and socks as default and then the away was a white shirt with a sash but with black shorts and socks so the way they launched the kit it was with nine different combinations um, but actually could have used 27 in total and then part of me would really like to have seen them on the road in a different look for every game but unfortunately that didn't happen and they only used seven different combinations like an <laughs> EFL Oregon Ducks <laughs> yeah you know and i think they even done um as part of when they first launched part of their social media they done the old one-armed bandit spinning jackpot and it'll be right okay this shirt with these shorts and these socks and i love that i thought it was a great idea it also i think makes the designers think more about the kit set and i know it's something we've talked about a few times in various pods over the last um, few months but that you know that element of thinking okay so i've got this home kit got this away kit how can i you know mix and match and whole city were a prime example of that when they played at luton they used their black shorts with their away kit to give a complete look that doesn't look out of the ordinary it looks like it goes it looks like it's designed so that kind of design element i just think it it makes 
it makes designers think more about the club. It makes them think more about the teams they're playing, that, you know, to make sure that those three kits will create alternative looks. And I think in the most part, in the EFL, you know, the kits used certainly don't look like forced mashups like we've seen in the past where you'll have, I can remember Gillingham playing with kind of um, red red home and blue shorts and socks at Portsmouth a couple of times in the last few years a kind of a jarring look that doesn't look right you know most of it looks like it is designed to look that way again I'm not sure of the rules I did look for it up and I couldn't see anything in the um, club guidelines or the club rules so whether it is just a guideline for teams to use this that they want just the limited number or there is actually a rule for sustainability reasons or whatever it is i just think it's a really positive in you know for the kit world and something you know as everyone knows i love to keep log of these things something that's really kind of lit my fire this year and i've enjoyed seeing what teams have done with various looks i don't know why it was necessary because They've effectively outlawed alternate shorts and alternate shorts were designed with avoiding clashes in mind, whereas now they've said, no, three kits, that's it. You know, you can only register three kit sets. You can mix and match as much as you like. But essentially, you always could. You always could do that. Whole City would mash up even though they had alternate amber shorts. But I was was a bit gutted that they they effectively got outlawed. Unless, of course, we, we design a kit, one of the other kits with them in mind. But yeah, the other thing that, I think what seemed to be a separate rule change was you can wear your away or third at home if it means there's not a colour clash involving teams with kits that might impact spectators with colour blindness. So there's almost been two changes really, hasn't there? There's the one where they've said, look, we're not bothered about short clashes anymore. You can only you can only register three kits. We don't want any alternate shorts. But by the way, you can also where your other kits at home if it's deemed necessary and you mentioned about Hull City today at Luton wearing black shorts it's a great look I don't have any problem with the look but we almost intentionally created a short clash and it was Hull City at Luton last season which is the first time it sort of dawned on me that the EFL really don't care about short clashes anymore because you had Hull City in black shorts officials in black shorts and Luton Town in dark shorts I mean I know that when I did a referees course the guy who was who was talking about kit clashes he always said make a big deal about the socks because it's all about whether the ball goes for a throw in a corner, that kind of thing. He was never that bothered by, about short clashes, and I, and I do understand that. But what the other thing that's really fascinating is Hull City's owner was talking about next year's kits, and he was showing some samples to a group of supporters, and we're, we're moving to Kappa from Umbro next season. What really fascinated me was, and this is, this is something that I'd floated the idea of a couple of years ago, of, having, of almost having like a heritage kit. You have a home kit, a change kit and a heritage kit that you could potentially wear at home. Now, I don't don't know if it's been branded that way, but my understanding is the home kit's going to be our normal black and amber striped shirts, probably black shorts, black socks, but we're going to have a change shirt, which is going to be a two-tone amber based on the 1984-86 Admiral shirts with amber shorts and amber socks. Now, that looks like one it's been deemed, it's been designed with, the interchangeability you're talking about in in mind, Gav, where we can wear amber shorts away if we if we need to, but it also opens up the possibility of instead of it just solely being a change kit, it's all it's a potentially an alternate home kit. 
And I don't mind the idea too much. It's one of those things that will enrage joyless sites like Kit Crimes. And I certainly have a problem, certainly in Serie A, when the Milan clubs are notorious for it, for wearing third kits at home, and often third kits that have got nothing to do with their traditional colours. But if Hull City have got another kit that's our primary colours, you know, amber and black, in regardless of what proportions, don't mind that too much and it's going to be, be really interesting to see if that does happen you know this is just there's been a meeting of some supporters they've been shown some kits a bit gutted i didn't get an invite to that one but it raised the possibility of it almost being an alternate home kit rather than just an away kit but there will be another uh, another a third kit which should see us right if we play maybe Luton away watford norwich whoever that's brilliant news. I'm actually delighted to hear that because it, it's something I, I it's something I mentioned in previous episode when we were talking about change kits and clashes. And I guarantee you, when when the kits are launched, you'll get the fucking banter accounts, you know, with their la- crying laughing emojis going, "OMG, Hull's away clashes with their home." To which the response is, "Hull City." are the one club guaranteed never to fucking have to play Hull City. <laughs> so if you're having a striped home and Amber Way is perfect for West Brom, we'll say, or, you know, any team who has dark sleeves or, you know, hoops or has a striped or anything like that. Like, I really feel it was a missed opportunity back in 08 or 09, wasn't it, when you had the dark grey away and it caused a clash with Newcastle in the league, and you ended up having to borrow Newcastle's white shorts and socks, mm. and then you were drawn against them in the cup, and you resurrected the all-white away from the previous season, which was fine, but it was a great opportunity to actually resurrect the home from 07-08, which was playing Amber, and would have been perfect against Newcastle, and you still know it's Hull. Like, you're very lucky that you have two identities that are very recognisable as, as Hull City. And it's great to um to exploit that. Yeah, I hope it does happen now. Now that I've uh, said it to the masses, yeah, at the, yeah. mo- at the moment <laughs> it's, the just, it's just largely know. been discussed on on Hull City Twitter. But yeah, it was just something I mentioned a couple of years ago. Why not have a heritage kit that you can use either home or away? Yeah, you know, announce, announce that you're doing it. But um, I don't have a problem with that because you are still wearing your your primary colours. So I'm I'm dead excited. I mean, I, I'm. So she and Umbro going. I've, I think Umbro have been fantastic for us over the last nine seasons. But I am at the same time excited at the possibility of a brand we've never had before just giving us something a, a little bit different. So exciting times for Hull City kit geeks. <laughs> so it reminds me of the, I think we talked about it before, the Norwich City kits, I think 2015-16, that caused a lot of you know conversation about their choice of colours. But actually, they were perfectly complementing set of kits works brilliantly so all for that yeah definitely what about you dennis what's your positive well seeing as we just spent a good bit of time talking about hull and luton um and interchangeability and everything i think it's fitting that luton are the the focus of of my thing that i like this is their third season back with umbro and in each of those seasons they've had an orange home kit which wouldn't be my first choice for luton because i grew up with them wearing white as a home kit but they've had an orange home and white and dark blue change kits each of the three seasons and in the modern era where everything's on a one kit cycle we see a lot of designers kind of going for something completely different it's like oh let's have a pink kit let's have a silver kit let's have the blackest blackout kit you can imagine 
and then three years later, this is an even blacker blackout kid. Oh my god! But I think I I like the way Luton have forged an identity and stuck with it. The the way that the Italian teams do to a large degree, you know, every season Milan will have a white change kit. Um, they they have experimented a bit with the third kit in recent times. Roma will always have a, a white or a, a very light coloured change kit, and it it I think when you stick to that, it, it you make your team more recognisable. Like what I was saying about Hull, and it it, it definitely bothers me less to have a team wear a change kit without a full clash when the colours are still their colours. Like, it, I, I don't have as much of a problem with it, I would say, as at international level, where Ireland might wear an away kit against Italy, even though blue and green don't clash, you know, in, in the traditional sense. But, it, you know, seeing Ireland wear white, green, white against Italy is fine in my book. And it's, it's the same principle, I think, with Luton. And I like the way that they have gone against the grain and not looking to just go with the flavour of the month colour and just sticking with orange, white and blue kits. And then to to expand on your point, Gav, it just allows for great interchangeability. Uh, you, you said to me that they had seven combinations in 2021, six last season and eight this season. And you obviously can't do that if you have, you know, a deepest carbon change kit, you know, or a, you know, morning sunlight third kit or whatever the the, the colours are that, that the designers come up with. So definite thumbs up for me from that. I keep meaning to do an article on them, but I'm having trouble illustrating their home kit from last season, but I'll get around to it. <laughs> yeah, they're the perfect kind of spotlight from kind of my positive, aren't they? The way that they've used the kits, it's, you know, the design is definitely deliberate to be done that way and each look is very Luton I think you know they're quite unique with their colour scheme so you know it's Luton at home or on the road yeah and the the funny thing is is that their home kit this season is based on their early 90s orange change kit and the thing about that in that it's proven popular enough to to kind of revisit is that the only team to win a match wearing that kit was Everton when they had to borrow Luton's kit. Luton never won in it, but they've won this season in, in the spiritual successor. Les, hit us. My choice is, is going to be around the World Cup, and it feels odd choosing a World Cup when you're talking about a season, but then since the World Cup split the 2022-23 season, it has almost become a part of it. And what I liked was that after several World Cups in a row where all of the hype was around Nike templates and technologies. It felt like Adidas really fought back at this tournament, and 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 I, and I like that. Um, Adidas went bad in 2014, 2018, not by any stretch, but I still feel that this time they've really raised the game and and taken the game to to Nike a bit. And yeah, the kits that stand out for me. Uh, the two Japan kits and then there was the Mexico away that didn't get worn both three straight branded kits and but I also think the the they seem to improve technologically the the kits that they wore in 14 and 18 some of them were lovely designs but they didn't look anything particularly special about them te- technologically and during that time you've had Nike talking about the Aeroswift 
the evolutions that they've done since. But you could you could see with Adidas that suddenly it had the more ventilated areas. And at the same time, as, as well as the technology looking up to scratch, it, it didn't shoehorn any of the federations into having a design that was constrained by that template. Everyone looked very different. And and that's not me picking an issue with Nike. I don't. I think they do some fabulous stuff. But I don't think I want them to be this unassailable leader on top of the pile. So it just pleased me that in in some people's minds they expressed it as Adidas won this World Cup from a kit perspective. And I just think it was that it's good for kit design that it isn't always the same company who were seen as the leaders, the innovators. Yeah, I like that. I think I quite like the the element of that it was more bespoke it was more like you say it wasn't templated in terms of its look they're all very different and even when probably the lower bracket teams like wales they still had great kits and particularly the away kit again wasn't used in the world cup but that was a great kit a great welsh kit uh, change kit shame we never got to see it in action but you know it, even then the lower bracket teams are seemed to be a step above than they were like you say four six years ago yeah, and it was just something fresh because if you look at the Adidas kits from, let's say, 2017-18 up to the current season, you could throw a blanket over them almost in terms of design progress. You know, a lot of nice kits, crew necks and that, but the only real deviation was the Condivo 20 style with the with the V-neck and the kind of the, the more of the, the raglan sleeves. But other than that, there was a real sameness to them, which, you know, it, it is all right to an extent, but it just felt like they were kind of stuck in the mud a bit. So, you know, it, it's a bit like the Frank Zappa thing, you know, about making music to make people feel something. They might love it or they might hate it, but they won't just think it's, fine you know middle of the road and that that's what i felt when i saw the adidas world cup kits and i did like most of them i actually prefer the mexico home to the away i, I just like the, the kind of way the, the design went and that but like i said the, the japan kits were great the the germany away I, I really liked as well and yeah it, it it was just a bit of adventurousness from them which we kind of hadn't seen but my other observation is that was there a World Cup on this season? Like, it just feels so long ago. Like, this is the same season where Antonio Conte and Thomas Tuchel had their handshake, you know? <laughs> and that feels like five years ago, but here we yeah, are. Yeah, I found that I found that when I was watching a, a game on TV with Brighton the other day, I thought, I'm sure Brighton have had that kit for ages. It yeah, just, yeah, this yeah. season does just feel like it's taken forever. Yeah, absolutely. So, now that we've had the good, are we on to the bad? Okay, the bad. So my one kind of almost linked to what we were saying is actually around templated shirts and in particularly goalkeeper templates. I'm going to focus mainly on the Premier League here because that's where I've been, you know, logging the kits that have been worn so I can see kind of different style or the knots of different styles of kit worn. And I just find it really difficult to understand why we get such templated goalkeeper kits. And one of the teams that really stand out for me here is Arsenal. So they've got the standard goalkeeper shirt. You know, they use it in three colours. That's all fine. But look at what they do in their pre-match shirts, in their training shirts. And, you know, they have got 
one of the best training shirts I have seen in recent years with the two-tone blue with the pink kind of lightning stripe down the middle. And I'm thinking, that is such a great shirt. Why wasn't that a goalkeeper shirt? Why wasn't that used elsewhere? Why are you wasting so much kind of just on these basic bland templates? And, you know, so, you know, you've got five teams in the Premier League that have Adidas kits and they've used seven colours between them. So you've seen the same teams in the same colour kits. It's just, it looks just boring. Nike have four teams with five colours with Liverpool, the only difference where they have a but seem to have a bespoke violet colour, which no other team has. Umbro have the same template for all of their teams, um, with the exception of Brentford, who um, had a green goalkeeper to get for a couple of games a month ago. The only manufacturer in the Premier League that seems to do bespoke goalkeeper kits is Hummel. With <coughs> Everton, have got a couple. One of them is based on, I think their away kit is based on a goalkeeper shirt from the 90s very you know very famous with Neville Southall and the orange one and Southampton two of their free uh, kits are kind of bespoke kind of designs they their third kit is their basic Hummel which is seen down the leads but I just don't get it I just you know why have so little effort in goalkeeper shirts particularly you know and I say I think about Arsenal and all of the stuff brilliant stuff they do with their training range you know they've had three or four different training ranges in the last couple of years that just seem wasted you know use these shirts in other ways you know i just i just look at it and you know i think about man united i think man united in 90 some of the kits that schmeichel wore were amazing and now you're just seeing De Gea wearing the same kit as the leicester goalkeeper and i just think you know let's have a little bit of a little bit more effort a little bit more time taken in this let's just not think okay yep there's our there's our template here's your colors off you go out for catalog just doesn't work for me. I just like to see a little bit more time and effort. That's absolutely a fair point. Hull City had a, a keeper kit this year. I really liked it. It was light grey with an orange and dark grey pattern on the upper yoke. And I, and I think it looks fantastic. But you're absolutely right because it's an Umbro goalkeeper kit. That means West Ham have got it. It means Brentford have got it. Bournemouth, all of the teams in the Umbro stable have got it. And and there might be a little bit of mixing and matching where we might not get a colour that, say, for example, Derby or Bournemouth might get. But overall, it's the same. And and why? Yeah, there's there's no real reason for it. I think I think manufacturers might kind of say, oh, goalkeeper kits don't sell well, so there's no real point in putting too much effort in. But is there that much effort in just having a few more colourways on a template? Like, I... On my side, I, I have a series charting the evolution of Adidas's goalkeeper kits, and next up is 2004, 2005. And the basic goalkeeper kit design was actually very similar to the basic outfield design that year. But I finished researching it, but I think I've come across at least nine or ten different colorways used for goalkeeper kits across clubs and countries. And, you know, it, it's just simple way of just freshening it up a bit. Like you say, we're just seeing the same five colors. And you, often just highlighter colours because they're less likely to clash with opponents and it's it's just a bit a bit boring, you know, when when it doesn't take much to, to just lift lift things like you say with, with the the Hummel example, you know, it, it it just makes things look a bit less bland. Even even if they did like I remember twenty years ago, it was it oh one or two, I think Umbro had a a basic black goalkeeper kit. And it just had kind of just trim down the down the arms, but they used a different trim color for 
you know, colour coded trim basically. So when Celtic or Ireland wore that black design, the trim was green. When Chelsea wore it, it was black with the trim blue. And when England wore it, the trim was red and white. And it's just just a little bit of imagination rather than just going, this is the design, they're the colours, we're done. If you added the training or warm-up kit, if you made that a goalkeeper kit, there's more reason for people to buy it, you would think, because you're actually going to see it on the pitch during a game sometimes. You know, For example, the Arsenal tube-line seat training shirt would have made a cracking goalkeeper jersey, really. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, Gav, like that, that Arsenal top, the, the two-tone blue with the pink, it gets an awful lot of exposure at the end of games and in warm-ups. And I think it has proven very popular. And, you know, you could just take that basic design and appropriate it to three colour schemes for the Arsenal goalkeepers. And that could be their goalkeeper design. And, you know, do do the same for the the other um, the other teams in the in the roster. Yeah, that's it. That's a great idea. It just opens up more opportunity rather than, you know, just say just the blandness of particularly that Adidas template we're seeing this year. Yeah, but we'll hopefully we'll have see some bit of improvement that they might kind of take their cues from Hummel, but I won't be holding my breath, unfortunately. Dennis, back to you. We we were talking earlier about what a long season it was, and I think that's underlined by the fact that we're we're looking at a situation where Manchester City will have been denied the first ever treble by Nathan Jones because his Southampton team knocked him out of the Carabao Cup. And in that game, City wore their, their yellow, yellow with black hoops. Not hoops, sorry, stripes, because they don't go all the way around. Their, their third kit. And a lot of people watching on TV that night were complaining about a colour clash because it's a very, very light shade of yellow. And Southampton have a very white-heavy... Uh, home kit this season and the back is solid white and people are finding it difficult to just tell the teams apart and then three months later City go to St Mary's for a league game and they wear exactly the same kit with zero thought put into you know the fact that it might be troublesome that people were having issues with it the previous time it's just oh yeah we want to wear this kit and we will wear it against everyone except Chelsea seemingly and that's my bugbear the fact that lessons aren't learned from previous instances where there might have been issues also in I think it was the Carabao Cup Villa were away to United earlier in the season Manchester United and they wore their sky blue away shirts Barrett shorts sky blue socks and then a couple of weeks ago they were at Old Trafford in the league and they wore Sky Claret Claret and people were saying that that was confusing because the socks were, were too similar like you were saying as from the, the referees course you know you want to have distinction with the socks and they had actually taken an acceptable situation and turned it around to increase the, the possibility of confusion and no no good reason for it uh, as far as I'm concerned so I, I just don't know are we having enough thought being put into the the matchups basically and their their potential for just making things more difficult for the, the viewers and the people at the stadium and the players themselves you know with color blindness is getting more of an airing which is absolutely right and correct but i think we we still need to kind of be vigilant with regards to the potential for clashes and i'm not sure if that's happening to the level it should be happening 
Yeah, I think my own team, Millwall, very guilty of this. Uh, your team, Les, with Hull, when they wore yellow, an all-yellow away kit against Hull in their amber. I just, <laughs> even from the telly, I was like, how have they got away with this? Let alone anyone with any kind of colour impairment or anything like that. It was just horrendous and, you know, a shocking decision. And you, Les, what was your season-long dislike? It's a your mileage may vary and very much a matter of personal taste thing, but it was the comments of Tony Cruz bemoaning Polo Collars on shirts. It really irked me. Um, it, for, for one, it felt like the most first world kit problem ever. And I get that he has a right to an opinion on matters, but his, his rationale was hardly insightful anyway. He said two buttons on the collar make, make it look like a shirt rather than a jersey. Yeah, that's how, that's how shit started, isn't it? But I also just don't buy the it's uncomfortable argument. Not anymore. I'd accept it in the 70s when they used to have these wing collars and they'd flap around when they were running. But nowadays, turnover collars are so light and they're usually stitched or buttoned down on the player version so they don't move. I don't believe they reduce performance. I'm I'm not having it. And it's not like non-polo collar shirts are always comfortable. You always see players, instances of players where they'll split a V-neck or they'll, they'll cut open a crew neck because they might think it's a bit tight and constricting. So shut up, Tony Cruz. Your, your wrongness is unparalleled. And I, and I hope Eric Cantona comes and fills you in. I was thinking of Cantona as soon as you mentioned that. And it, again, I don't know if this is a kit urban legend or true, but didn't um, in his last season, Manchester United uh, initially had a round collar for uh, their shirt. And he was like, no, this has a collar, this shirt. And I think it was uh, produced with a car. Could be an urban legend, but something I kind of heard back in the day. Interesting comments, I suppose you'd say. Probably don't agree with them. Collar can look smart, but it's good to hear a player talking about something to do with kits and for it to be reported so you know it's a case of any coverage is good coverage and tony cruz is such a classy player it's hard to hate him (laughs) okay we've solicited some 2022-23 kit opinions on twitter and we weren't disappointed alex island author of the forthcoming book that you should definitely buy pretty polly goes binary by saying Least favourite, long sleeves continuing to be unavailable for many top clubs and appearing without the short sleeve cuffs. We see you, Barcelona. Also designs running the retro well dry. For his goods, smaller teams like Plymouth, Spezia, Las Vegas Lights, Kalitha, outshining the big boys. And I will definitely agree with the Plymouth kit. I, I, I tweeted yesterday after they uh, finally clinched the League One title. That Plymouth Argyle kit, I believe, is, well, for me, is my favourite kit of this season. It's a great kit. So with you on that one, Alex. Yeah, it, it, and it's good to see it's good to see teams like that catch the eye with well-thought-out kits rather than just outrageous for the sake of it, if that makes sense. As for long sleeves, Umbra told Hull City you can't have long sleeve kits and then accidentally made a load, which <laughs> they then sent some to the kit room, which I don't think got used, but they also put some on their own website. So it's fascinating that they told the kid, the, the club, no, you can't have them, but then somehow made yeah. some uh, good good for uh, supporters who, uh, who want a long sleeve shirt. And I was pleased that when they did the, the home kit launch, one of the players had, had long sleeves in that one. So that, that was good. Yeah. It, it was interesting, you happened across a picture yesterday of Real Madrid, their team picture before the, the O2 Champions League final against Leverkusen, which of course was on in Hamden Park, and the whole team have long sleeves, and it just seems so quaint, but 
it was 21 years ago, whereas in my mind, 2002 was about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 16 co-conspirator and Nottingham Forest fan Jim Hearson offers Newcastle having to wear a pre-match shirt at Brighton early in the season. Light turquoise against blue and white stripes isn't the best contrast, but I applaud the idea. I, I kind of, I, I can see both sides of it on this. It's good that they had to come up with something ad hoc. They have a black training top, which I think would have been a better option. But it was very early in the season. And sh- and this ties in with my point. Surely someone looked at Newcastle's three kits when they were submitted for approval in the summer and said, none of these work at Brighton. Come up with a different kit instead of one of them. And that didn't happen. And instead, you're left with with this ragball rovers solution, <laughs> which, you know, was better than nothing, I suppose. Incidents like this sort of make me feel that we're heading towards clubs releasing four kits a year and it being sold as a, oh, well, we need to avoid clashes for colourblind people rather than the commercial imperative. And you're right. Zach or Zach L99 addresses the the short clashes in the EFL uh, with them no longer caring. He says the strange U10 only being able to register three pairs of shorts per team has led to plenty of short clashes. I quite like the black short clash and Zach supplied an image of Fulham against QPR last season with both sides in dark shorts. But I'm really not a fan of white short clashes, especially bad for colourblind people. Am I mad? Well, maybe, but you're, you're our kind of mad. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Do... It's interesting, the EFL don't deem them a short clash anymore, so we, we can't really moan it's a short clash. But is it more of an issue that two teams wear white shorts than they do dark? Again, from a referee perspective, not enough that you need to rule on happens from a shorts perspective. So it's, it's more going to be your shirt, certainly now with this odd interpretation of offside where your shirt sleeve can be offside and also your your socks as a as Brooke Ellie. But does it matter if two teams wear white shorts? We've we often we, over the years we've seen Manchester United and Manchester City both in white shorts. And I can't say that's offended my sensibilities at all. Yeah you know the the Premier League has never had a rule on shorts clashes because of that exact reason because it's very hard to play the ball or commit a foul with the part of your body that's that's wearing shorts, whereas the shirt and socks are more important. I do like seeing mashups and teams changing of their own volition, but I I'm kind of I'm happy happy enough with it as they are. I didn't realize that a white shorts clash was extra bad for for colorblind people. Hmm. I wonder if it because probably I should something I feel like I should know, but more teams probably wear white shorts. You see that more often, so it's probably less jarring to the eye where you see something different. It kind of feels a bit different, like the the darker short black short clash. But again, probably should know how many teams have white shorts. I feel like that's probably my wheelhouse of knowledge that I haven't got. <laughs> Chris Parker, aka Drayton Canary, bemoans Swansea's keeper wearing a dark purple when they chose to wear the black. At Norwich was annoying, a tad difficult to distinguish. That's a very good. There's a couple of examples of this I've seen this year where the colours have been fairly close. So yeah, I'm completely with you there, Chris. I think that's uh, you need to have a real distinguishing difference between keeper and team. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it does seem to be a football league thing, as rather than being a, a, a regular thing in the in the Premier League. You see it as well with a keeper wearing silver against the team in white, and 
again, it, it's just easily to easily avoidable, but not avoided. What if goalkeepers being made to wear neon gloves might be something that resolves that? Because it's usually only an issue if they go up late in a game, isn't it? When a when a team's team's chasing it, and nowadays goalkeeper gloves. They seem to be like washing up gloves, don't they? Yeah. They go right up the arm. I think the, the preponderance of short sleeve keeper jerseys has made glove manufacturers think, oh, we can, there's a bit yeah, more yeah. real estate for us yeah. to get there. So uh, perhaps some, some really wild and vivid colours would, that would cease to be a problem. Ray Highland, he initially thought we were asking for the best and worst kits of the season and he wanted us to go in hard on the Liverpool away kit, which I'd have been happy to do. He had begrudging admiration for Puma on City's home and away and said he didn't think Castor were that bad. And then he replied back again saying, should have read the question a bit better, but to elaborate, I like City's incorporating maroon, the risky diagonals on the away and Castor's no frills approach. I think Maroon is always good to see on a Man City kit. Interesting that their women's team have worn the Maroon shorts as, as their first choice. But City do seem to just be a team that, that kind of go for a different season. So, you know, before five years before we see Maroon again, but it's good that it's on the rotation. Castor, from a design point of view, I I don't mind them. They maybe have a bit too too many variations and not enough, not enough templates. If, if that makes sense. But there have been a lot of quality control issues, which you'd hope they will earn out if they are to, to push on. It looks like they have a few more big contracts to announce this summer. So they are continuing to, to make a noise. I don't think I've enjoyed the the pylon of Castor. I mean, they're a, they're a relatively new company. They're going to have some missteps early on, but it, it almost feels a bit a bit lazy to just say everything they do is bad. I don't think that's the case. No, I think the, no. Aston, I think the Aston Villa away kit's lovely. Um, that's another another use of, you know, alternating your home colours to good effect. I think the, the Wolves away one is pretty good, and they've done some good stuff in, in Spain too. Yeah, they've, they've certainly had some embarrassing moments. You know, Wolves is crisp being on upside down, but they're, they're not alone in such mistakes, and they shouldn't be singled out. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, going back to last season as well, the Newcastle home kit, if you take the sponsor away, that kit is stunning. It's as close to a replica of the famous um, mid-90s Adidas kit that we'll ever see and ruined by a terrible sponsor layout. Yeah, Ziggy Smith opines, not a fan of the range of kits Scudetto winners Napoli have worn this season. Yeah, largely I'll agree. They've, they've done pretty much the same this year as they did last year, although the majority of the different kits this year they've they've released in the last week or so Um, yeah i think for a club claiming it's it's third ever Serie A title i think outsourcing kit design to sugar adult children is not a good idea i mean that south park illustration of a reindeer thing they had and and the, the the clip art lips for the the valentine's kit just dreadful and and what i understand least of all you know i've visited italy for football many times and Italian fans will wear replica shirts, but they're not always that bothered if it's the current one. So who are these pitched at? You know, are they, do they really think there are a Napoli fans that are going to buy 13 jerseys in a season or do they just think they're being good furnishing them with the, with the choice? So I almost wonder, are these being aimed at kit geeks in general rather than the Napoli fans? From an economical standpoint, that doesn't make any sense that way either. Yeah, I think they probably 
stumbled across a terrible idea with their Maradona shirts. I think they proved popular given the situation and the circumstances. Thought, mm, we're onto something here and now just keep pumping them out. And like I say, the only people I ever see talking and buying them are in the kit community and on various accounts in Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, I, like I, I like their their main kits, especially the fact that they're kind of reverses of each other. But yeah, it's it's trying too hard, I think, at this stage. Okay, Liam Marsh is concerned with non-uniform hosiery. The these cut-off socks need addressing. In a recent Everton game, some wore the Everton em- emblem at the front, and some had the Hummel logo at the front. And other clubs made hoops look different dependent on how they are pulled up, fold over with white sock tape underneath. Yeah, it's a good point. I think I don't understand why this, if you can design the socks, you can design these tube socks now. You know, m- we know most players wear the grip socks, almost ankle socks uh, for comfort. So have specially designed tube socks that kind of will fit this rather than the kind of cutaways. I do, I do get that. And also there must be a reason for it i'm not quite sure but when you see people cutting big holes out of the back of the socks as well carl walker is someone who springs to mind and will have huge holes in the backs of his socks uh, i'm not sure of the reasons i guess it's um circulation i think circulation is the, yeah is the most common explanation i've seen but it looks awful yeah. well if they didn't have one pair of socks under their club socks they perhaps wouldn't have such circulation issues, would they? If you're if you're layering up socks, I'm, I'm yeah, not surprised yeah, yeah. you've got circulation issues. Yeah, that's a good point. And finally, Wanko Desain, who is the alter ego of uh, Rangers kit expert Jay Mansfield, he declared his least favourite kit things are the kits. Uh, hopefully next season will prove more positive for Jay. Thanks to everyone who responded and Hopefully, we'll get a good reaction the next time we canvass the the masses for an opinion. That wraps up episode 18 of the Football Kit Podcast quite nicely. From Dennis, Liz and me, Gav, thanks for joining us and we will speak to you very soon. Bye.